Father, we just thank you, Father, for this morning once again, Lord. Father, for all these days you've been with us and you are here with us here in our midst. For you said in your word where two or three are gathered in my name, you would be there in our midst. And we believe your presence is here. And that your presence is there with everyone who's, Father, join in with us in the spirit from all around the world. And I pray, Father, even, even as we now meditate upon your word, Father, speak to our hearts and continue to minister to us through your Holy Spirit. Lord, cleanse us and wash us and sanctifies and separate us, continue to separate us and make us more and more, Father, conform to the image of your Son. Father, even the little things and the big things, Lord, enable us to keep a tender and a clear conscience with God and with man, a conscience which is trained and which has been coached, and which is sensitive, and which is under the control of the Holy Spirit. Father, this morning, once again, we commit all of us into your hands. Be the blood of Jesus over our lives. Speak to us, anoint us, even in the speaking and the hearing of this word. We thank you, we praise you, for in Jesus' name, Amen. Let's turn to Psalm 57, and let's read verse 1. All right. Psalm 57, verse 1, and verse 1 onwards. Yeah, 57, not 27, 57. Alrighty, so be merciful to me, O God, to be, be merciful to me. For my soul trusts in you, and in the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed by. One, let's read till verse three. <clears throat> I will cry out to God most high, to who, to God who performs all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me. And what will he send essentially is mercy and truth, of course, but whatever you need. In his mercy, he sends. He, re he reproaches the one who would swallow me up, Selah. God shall send forth his mercy. And his truths. So we need God's mercy, God's truth, both together. Why? It says in, uh, don't have to turn there, Psalm 85, we looked at that. Verse 10 will say, mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Okay. So we, we need mercy. And we need to continuously dwell under his mercy. Like yesterday we heard, we'll try to, we'll want to be like Jesus and say, Lord, make me poor in the spirit, etc. But the one thing God says is, be merciful. Okay. And by the way, that's something which is very, very difficult to do. What is being merciful in essence is to overlook people's faults. Okay. That's in a sense, what mercy is. And to look at the need, to look beyond faults and look at the need. And what's one thing that especially Jesus also says. And what does he say? He says, what is easy? easy? Is it easy to say your sins are forgiven you or is it easy to say, uh, pick up your mat and walk? Of course, it's very difficult to say. Your sins are forgiven, especially when you're right and the other person is wrong. But 
we are always wrong and God is always right and he still extends mercy, right? That's something which we have to major in and we are not there yet. We have to continue to ask God to show us how much he has loved us. To those who is forgiven much will also love much. So this morning we'll turn back to a familiar portion in scripture, which we've been looking at for quite some time now. Let us look at it once more. Luke's Gospel, chapter 10. And we're talking about mercy. It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And let's read from verse 25. <clears throat> I'll share a part of this in the Telugu service. And something which um, I've been really studying and looking at in my own life. So, let us read through that once. It says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now, this is not the rich young ruler, by the way, who said, Good teacher, what must I do to gain in or inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law and what is your reading of it? And he says, he's asking him, how do you read the scriptures? With what kind of an eye do you read the scriptures? You see, it's very important as to how we read the scriptures. We can read the scriptures for knowledge, to get a big head, like we've been listening. The whole idea of the scriptures is to know God. Uh, like Warren D.S.B. says, the whole idea of reading and studying the scriptures is not to get a big head, but to get a burning heart. That's the reason why when he opened up the scriptures in Luke's Gospel chapter 24, it says their hearts began to burn in them when he expounded the scriptures. Their hearts began to burn. That's exactly what should happen to us. Our hearts begin to burn. And and uh, that's what he tells the Pharisees in John's Gospel 5. He says, uh, you read the scriptures because you think that you have eternal life in them, but they are of those which testify of me. But you don't come to me so that you will have eternal life. You don't want to come to me. All they do, they do is they point out to point towards me, but you don't want to come towards me. And what's the whole point in reading the scripture? So this is essentially what the lawyer is being asked also. What? How do you read the scriptures? Okay. Very important for us to understand that. So we don't just read the scriptures for getting knowledge or... Um, I mean, one thing that I liked when Pastor was asked this question, how do, you, how do you read the scriptures? I read it by faith. Okay. Now, you, I'm not saying that there should not be systematic reading. There should be. There should be study. But all of that, if it is not an act of faith, is useless. Okay. And ultimately, it has to make us more merciful and kind, right? Scriptures... It says, by the patience and the endurance that scriptures provide. What a statement that is. Romans chapter 15 verse 4, if I'm right. Romans chapter 15 verse 4. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning. If you can put it in the ESV, I love that. Okay. Okay. For whatever was, writ was, was written in former days was written for our instruction. So that, so that, in order that, what's the whole purpose of this written 
writing of these instructions that through the endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures. So what does scriptures give us? The ability to endure. If you, if you, that's the reason why it says, um, they receive the word of God. I mean, if you, the word of God has got the power to work in those who believe. So if you read the scriptures by faith, one of the things that you can really, really, really grow in is your endurance. And of course, for, for, for reading certain parts of scripture, you need endurance. Uh, somebody was asked to read, uh, Isaiah through in one sitting and the next day he, and the next week he came back to his pastor and he said, um, the pastor asked him, did you read through Isaiah? One week he said, pastor, I got lost in those woes. <laughs> I got lost in the wo- in those woes. I, ca- I couldn't go beyond because it was going above, above my head and after a while I just lost interest because I was not able to understand anything. Sometimes, you know, you don't understand. It's not an easy Exercise to read through certain parts of scripture. You can say, my goodness, these accounts of uh, genealogies, for example, in Chronicles. Everything, so much of detail. And you know something? In those details are hidden minds. Where do you get the prayer of Jabez from? You get the prayer of Jabez because we are reading through the genealogy of Judah. Somewhere. Lost in those, some in, in those genealogy is the prayer of Jabez. Where do you get the, the, the story of the, or, or rather the prophecy of the sons of Issachar? The attitudes of the sons of Issachar. When you're reading through the chronicles, when you're reading through all those people who are loyal to David and the record and the chronicles of all those people who are loyal to David and the, in that record is Issachar and in those details is what we have some hidden minds, hidden treasures, right? So, endurance and through encouragement that scriptures provide, we might have hope. So, Jesus is asking, how do you read the scriptures? What is your reading of it? And of course, this guy, of course, um, he gets the answer. Look at what he says um, in Luke's Gospel, chapter 10. and verse 26, he says, uh, and he answered, uh, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind. What is that? He gets the whole four dimensions as to how to read the word. The length, breadth, height, width, <laughs> everything. I mean, you have the four dimensions, right? That we might understand the breadth, the length, and the height, and the depth of the love of God together with the same. See, he gets all the four dimensions. You have to start with your heart. You have to understand with your soul, with your strength, with your mind. We need all this. That you should love the Lord with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And you should, your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. And then what happens in the next verse? But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, who is my neighbor. So in that, in that discourse, Jesus goes through this parable of the Good Samaritan. Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed him half leaving him half dead. And then, yeah, read, let's read from verse 31 and 32. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came there, came where he was. When he saw him, he had compassion, went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, Set him on his own hand, on own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took 
took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, Take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among thieves? And he said, He who showed, ah, underline that, He who showed mercy on him. And Jesus said, Go and do likewise. Alright, so we are studying this. I mean, so many things to be learned, so many lessons to be learned from the parable or rather the story of the Good Samaritan. If you turn to uh, 29, you'll see some interesting things. 28 actually. 28. Yeah, 29, 30. 30, verse 30. And Jesus said to him, a certain man went down. Okay. Went down. Going down. From Jerusalem to Jericho. It's a spiritual going down. So we know this. What does Jerusalem mean? A teaching of peace. Okay. Where you are taught how to be at peace with God and with peace with man. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 will say something very interesting. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 will say Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see God or the see the Lord. Pursue peace. And that is the reason why in Romans also will say, as much as is possible with you, what should you do? Live at peace with all men. Pursue peace. In fact, if you go to First um, Peter chapter 3, verse 8 onwards. First Peter chapter 3, verse 8 onwards. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous, and then finally, okay, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that to this you were called, that you may inherit a blessing. And then, verse 10 onwards, for he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and boy, pursue it. Okay, let him seek peace and pursue it. There's actually a whole list and a whole different sermon altogether. One study which, are, which we can do later on. But one of the things that, what does, what does Jerusalem teach you? A place where you're taught how to li- live at peace with God and with peace with one another. That's exactly what Shimia was also said. You're taught how to li- live at peace with me, Solomon. And just live at peace with your people in your own house. Show mercy, just as the way I show, showed you mercy. Okay. The day you cross the Kidron Valley, you are gone, you are dead. And you know the story. Alright? So he would, so what, what, what is it? Is a, is a place, what's there? Therefore, Jerusalem is a place where I wrote down these things, where you're covered. You're covered, under you're protected. He who dwells in the secret place. That's what exactly what Psalm 57 will say. 57 verse 1. Look at what it says. Be merciful to me, O Lord. Look at that. 57 verse 1. Be merciful to me, O Lord. Be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you, and in the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge until these calamities are passed by. So I'm, I'm under you, I'm covered by you. So therefore, what does Jerusalem signify? Jerusalem signifies covering. No, it's, uh, if you, I think one of the songs of essence describes Jerusalem, no? Jerusalem is like a city well guarded, etc., etc., etc. Okay. 
It has got bulwarks on all its side. Okay, what is it? It's a secure place. Okay. It's a place of absolute security where the presence of God is. You are covered. There is a covering over your life. So I wrote four, C, four C's actually. In fact, five C's. You're covered, you're coached, you're chastened. Sorry. You're covered, you're coached, you're controlled. <laughs> you're covered, you're coached, you're controlled, you're chastised, and you're cared for. Okay, because five is a number of grace. Okay, shalem means peace. So five is a good number, right? You're covered. You're coached. Coaching ka matlab kya hai? Teaching. I mean, coaching centers hai na? Narayana, Krishna. Okay, all those coaching centers. You're coached. Okay, so... Some coaches are really, really tough, right? You should see the kind of language they use with their, with their wards. Okay. This is, and very tough, especially if you're a boxing coach. Okay. You call him all kinds of names. That is how Mike Tyson became Mike Tyson. You know why he had a coach, he's an Italian guy, Italian dude. You should see how he just tore the daylights out of him in his coaching. I mean, in his training. Such tough training. And before he had this matchup with uh, James Buster Douglas, not even a single match would go beyond the second or the third round with Tyson. By the third round, that fellow <laughs> is gone. He would just lay down upon them. Okay, So that, because of his tough coaching, coached, Okay, that's the reason why it says um, an athlete who trains. How does he train? He trains vigorously. Okay, one more mile, one more mile, one more mile, and every muscle in his body is saying, "Oh, come on, relax." And he says, "That's exactly when I tell my body one more mile." Okay, that is coaching. That is what you're 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 tested and trained and. And all those things happen. You're coached. There's a place where you're coached. Especially all your spiritual muscles will be strained to their limits. In every, in, in, in every form. In relationships, for example. To what extent you can be stretched and still extend mercy? Or will you snap like that? A lot of people have anger in their nose. <laughs> Okay. So coached, how long can you withstand pressure? And how to endure, that is coaching. So you're, you're covered, you're coached, and you're controlled. Okay, you're harnessed. Okay, like a, like a horse ready for battle. And it says, come on, let me just go and, uh, uh, and, 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 and win the battle. It says, come on, take it easy. Control, control, control. That is what it means. Morning by morning, I, he wakens me, right? That is the reason why he says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. So, Jerusalem is a place where you are controlled. All your different (laughs) senses are controlled. You are kept under check. So, you are covered, you are coached, you are controlled, and then you are chastised. It is a place of chastening. And no discipline seems what? Pleasant for the moment, right? I was talking to the morning, I was having the Bible study with the children, the devotion in the morning, and I asked all the children, do you love discipline? How much? You need both discipline and love. 
discipline and affirmation in every family every institution you should have you should have these two and i ask all the all of them how many of you love how many of you like love how many of you like discipline and without blinking and i nobody loves discipline 100% or rather 0% actually nobody they all love, like to be loved but see you cannot love without discipline you cannot discipline without love okay if you discipline without love you are not discipline disciplining okay if you love without disciplining you are not loving i told you no that's the same thing we are paraphrasing if you speak the truth without love you are not truthing if you love without speaking the truth you are not loving same thing so you have to be just and it says no chastening seems to be pleasant for the moment but if you are trained by it it says in hebrews chapter 12 you don't have to turn there it shall yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness peaceable fruit of righteousness one of the one of the fruits that this, uh, disciples have to be really really um uh, bringing forth is a peaceable fruit of righteousness and you are chosen and if you are without chastisement what are you oh legitimate is a very euphemism it's a euphemism for a for a word called you know, uh, starts with a big b and kjv is shameless in that in 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 mentioning that word it's brutal in telugu it's even more horrible you are of the wrong seed can you imagine you are of the wrong seed you are a tear in other words the enemy has sown you not me you are not of you are not born of of god in other words literally see so what is jerusalem it says place where you are covered place where you are coached place where you are controlled place where you are chastised and place where you are cared for by god you are provided for by god that's exactly what he tells his disciples you've been with me all these days right you've been with me all these days there was no luxurious living but did you lack anything nothing kya baat hai did you lack even did you even miss one meal a day in fact you feasted and they were asking this questions why do your disciples are always feasting remember that why are your disciples disciples always feasting or my the disciples of john and the disciples and the pharisees disciples are fasting he says as long as the bridegroom is there with them they will feast the day will come when they will begin to fast and i don't even have to tell them so those guys had a blast with jesus he was being invited to every banquet with you are with jesus you yeah, remember apne like uh, so many people are just walk into banquets i remember my my cousins no crazy fellows they were in that colony the huge colony somewhere or their function was we used to happen and uh, by the end of the day are there is a function which is going on there so they would just go there eat and come out hello uncle hello uncle hello uncle and then go there eat have a nice meal shamelessly and come out so but jesus was not like not like that he was being invited everywhere for banquets and banquets and banquets and they had a blast okay so he was cared for there's a place where you're cared for where you've been provided for okay so 
covered, coached, controlled, chastised, and cared for. That is Jerusalem. That is a Jerusalem. It yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness. Where, where you are controlled. How, do you, how are you controlled? Where you are taught the truth. Which liberates you to follow righteousness. And therefore yields the peaceable fruit of what we call as holiness and righteousness. Turn with me to Romans chapter 6. Verse 15 onwards. I love these sets of verses. Um, I can read it n number of times and still get excited about it. No, that's the power of the word of God. What then? Shall we sin because we are no longer under law but under grace? Yeah? Certainly not. Uh, why? Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. Now think about this. Sin and obedience are given to uh, uh, are, 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 are compared parallelly, right? You are slaves of sin or you are slaves of obedience. I'll tell you something. Unbelief leads to disobedience. Disobedience leads to transgression. Transgression leads to iniquity. Sin, whatever. Because transgression is sin, right? Unbelief. Telugu la bound Apanamakam, Enjistanta, Avidheta. Apanamakam, Avidheta, Avidheta, Atikramam, Atikramam, Akramam. Akramam means iniquity. Four hours. Munching in a good bit quite easier. Okay. So, so, whether of sin leading to righteousness or of obedience. I mean, in other words, who's your master? Sin or obedience? It's like that, literally. Is somehow, somehow like obedience is given, like mercy is a person, truth is a person, obedience is also a person. Why, whose obedience? Jesus is obedience. Jesus was not obedient, he was obedience. <laughs> it's remarkable, isn't it? Hey, that is obedience which is going. I, I, I like that because, simply because, if you read uh, Pilgrim's Progress, he was, he was fantastic when giving, uh, in, in personifying uh, characters, that is faith, that is pliable, that is obstinate, that is obedience, that is health, that is wisdom, some all kinds of names, that is vain confidence, <laughs> that is worldly wives. Crazy, crazy names. That is exactly what he is doing. Obedience or you are a slave either of obedience. That is either you are a slave of Jesus or whether you are a slave of sin. Because as through one man, sin entered into the world. Okay. If you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin croucheth at the door and his desire is to have you, but you shall what? Rule over him. Yeah, him, 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 him. That is what KJV does. It personalizes sin. So, it says either you are a slave of sin or you are a slave of obedience which leads to righteousness. So, there is no righteousness without obedience, my dear brothers. There is no righteousness without obedience. You can do whatever you want and you can call yourself righteous. I am the righteousness of Jesus. You can proclaim and declare yourself. But if you are not obedient, you can call whatever you want want to call yourself but you are not righteous. Period. Faith without obedience is dead. Faith without works is dead. 
because you've been called for the obedience to the faith or rather the obedience which comes from faith. You have received what it says. Paul says we have by him we have received grace and apostleship to call men to the obedience of the faith or the obedience which comes from faith. And if there is no obedience in the little and the major things and the big things. And if we don't have the attitude to humble ourselves under whatever command and, and, and order that God has placed us under, we can call ourselves whatever. That is the reason why rebellion is a sin of witchcraft, right? He says, does God require sacrifices? Then what? Then what? Obeying the voice of the Lord. For to obey is better than sacrifice. And to heed than the, than the, than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft and stubbornness as iniquity as idolatry of idolatry. See, very important for us to understand obedience. So therefore, Jerusalem is a place, verse 17 will say, because it's a teaching of peace, right? Look at what it says. But God be thanked that though you were once slaves of sin, what happened to you? Yet you obeyed. You see, you didn't hear. You obeyed. From, not just compulse. Under compulsion, you obeyed from the heart. That is the reason why he says, if you are my, if, uh, if, if you love me, you will keep my commands and his commandments are not what? Burdensome. Yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine or teaching which, to which you are delivered. Which you are delivered. I like that, no? Either you are delivered to sin or you are delivered to the teaching which leads you, leads you to obedience. And having been set free from sin, what did, what did you do? What, what happened to you? You became slaves of righteousness. And look at verse 19 and 20. Let's not stop there. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you, in other words, I know that you guys cannot understand. I'm using all these analogies over here. For just as you presented your members as slaves. Members or it says uh, the uh, the original translation in Greek, members means weapons, instruments, weapons. Members are slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness. Now present your members as slaves of righteousness leading to holiness. Okay? Understand? That's enough. Leading to holiness. So Jerusalem is a place where you are taught all this. That is the reason why it says in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 22. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 22. Onwards. 22 to 24. About Jerusalem. It's describing Jerusalem. But you have come to Mount Zion. And to the city of the living God. Ah, that's what he tells in in Galatians chapter Galatians chapter one. Uh, I'm I'm astonished that you have so soon turning away from Him who called you into another gospel. City of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. And look at what it says. How he describes heavenly Jerusalem to the general assembly. <laughs> It's not General Assembly of United Nations. It's a gen- Actually, the original translation means festal gatherings. Festal gatherings. Remember, uh, the Jews had to gather for festivals at least three times every year. So, they had to appear before the Lord. He's talking about that gatherings. Now, in the New Covenant, every day is a gathering now. They broke from day, every day from house to house. They, they just broke bread. They studied the word. They enjoyed. Everything is a festal gathering. It was a feast that they were having. Even when they are fasting and studying the word, there was a there was a feasting in their soul and in their spirit. Okay, to the general assembly and the ecclesia, the called out assembly, 
the separated ones, if you, in other words, where are they registered? Not with the government of Andhra Pradesh. Not under the Lutheran uh, diocese. Not of the Church of South India diocese. They are registered in heaven. So many registrations are there, Baba. Not, they are not at all important. How many underground churches are registered? Zero. But they are all registered in heaven. That is important. When the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. A colonel roll call. Yonder. Your name should be written in the Lamb's book of life. That's the reason why he tells Madam Sintaki and Madam what is that name in Philippians? Those two sisters. Please be at peace with one another. Please, please don't keep fighting. <laughs> Both are important to us. Those madams. I don't know. Always madams have issues. That's okay. No problem. I didn't say Paul said. So if you have issues, you can, you can talk to him once you reach there. Okay. So he said, please. And he tells him, please let them, you exhort them that they should have peace. Because your names are already written where? In the book of life. Registered in heaven. So you have come to the general assembly, the ecclesia, that is Jerusalem, my dear brothers. It's a gathering of, it's a festal gathering. That's the reason why he says, he who gathers, he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. Place where you have been gathered together in one, it says in Ephesians chapter 2. No Jew, no Gentile, the middle wall of separation has been broken and you've been gathered together in one. And now what are you looking? You're not looking at any of the external appearances, you are looking directly into the spirit and you are falling in love with the spirits of men. See. And you see the beauty of the spirits of men. And you can be close with them. Because those walls have been broken now. To God, the judge of all. That is the reason why it's important when you are coming to church, you are coming to who? The God. And coming to the God who is a judge of all. That is the reason why when you come to church, exhort, rebuke, correct with all long suffering. <laughs> all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Khandin chutakunu. Khandin chutakunu. Basically. To confront. In other words. And then, to God the judge of all. So why, why, is, why is this important? If you turn with me to, uh, we call God our father, right? If you call God father. How many of you call God father? Okay, so let me say why you, sh- why you should tremble your, uh, I mean why you should be scared of your father. See, a lot of people say daddy, that's good. Abba, fantastic. Daddy G, great. But do they mean from their heart? This should what hap- this should, this is something which I want you to, uh, draw your attention to. First Peter, Chapter 1 and verse uh, verse 14, please. For onwards. 14 to 17, okay? As obedient children. As? That means you have a? You have a? Father, thank you. So, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the formulas as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy. You also be holy in all manner of conduct. And then, because that is, as it is written, be holy for I am holy. And verse 17, verse 17, verse 17, verse 17. Pay attention everybody. And if you call on the Father, thank you so much, who without 
impartiality judges. My goodness. In other words, father has no favorites. Nobody can come and tell father, you are being very, very unfair to me. No, earthly fathers may be unfair. Heavenly father? No unfair business. Without partiality judges according to each one's how, what? A work, we are not judges. You are only judged by our faith, not by our work. So, see, you should read all parts of scripture. Just don't take one part of scripture and run with it. Who judges everyone according to each one's work. Conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay. In, in, in ESV, you use the word, throughout the time of your exile. How? In fear, Nana. Bujigadu. In fear. The next verse, verse 18. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like gold and silver. From your aimless conduct received from your, by tradition from your fathers. Now you have one father. You had aimless conduct. So be very sure that you delve or dwell, dwell in these, uh, in exile, in fear. Understand that, okay? So let's go back to Hebrews chapter 12 verse um, 23 onwards again. To the general assembly, the church, the first of the firstborn registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, and look at this, to the spirits of just men. We are all justified by faith. And when we are born again, we are born again in our spirit, right? Okay. That spirits of just men has to be made perfect. Okay, that's what happens in the new covenant. That is the reason why you need to read the book of Hebrews. Because Hebrews talks about completion. Perfection cometh up completion. To be complete. To the light that God has given you. To the light that, that the Lord has given you. You have to be complete. Verse 24. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. And to the blood of sprinkling that speaks the better things than the blood of Abel. You see, the, the book of Hebrews talks about better things. It talks about perfect, better. It talks about better resurrection. Better covenant. Better, better, better promises. Bitty bought butter. The butter was bitter. So, bitty bought. Better butter. Okay. So, Hebrews is better butter. Full of better things. The better covenant, better promises, better resurrection. And perfection. Completion. You got that? So, this is what we are talking about the church. So, when you leave Jerusalem, this is what you are leaving. <laughs> Be very careful what you are leaving. You are leaving uh, accountability. My question is, you have left. Okay. If you leave, what is who are you accountable to? Spiritually. Kada? Who are you accountable to? You know, when I was growing up, my parents used to say, read it, study it. I'll ask you. You have to, I mean, you have to say it out by heart. You know, Telugu letter that appuche pichkunta. Means, you have to be accountable to me. Be accountable to me. I'll check how well you have studied it. Here's accountability. (laughs) It's gone. So what happens to this great man? A certain man. Goes down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And of course, you know what Jericho means? Venela. Moon. 121.6. 121.6. Whenever I say 121, I don't have to say the name of the book. Right? 
the largest other book is Isaiah. It has only 66. Every other book which is above 66 is, uh, is Psalms. Okay. Psalms 121.6. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. And Yeriko means moon, which is a symbol of the powers of darkness. So what happens when he leaves for Jerusalem to Jericho? From Jerusalem to Jericho, what happens? He falls amongst thieves. So thieves do. Who's the thief? Ultimate thief? Great man is there, no? Is, why, why am I saying great man? Because when Satan will enter into hell, they will look at him and say, Is this the man? <laughs> okay. So I think angels are all male. I don't know. Otherwise they would have been called the daughters of God also, no? They are all called what? The word of God? Sons of God. Anyways, once we reach there, we don't do, there's no male, no female. So we'll not worry too much about gender. Okay. So, they stripped, they what, he fell among thieves. And a thieves, a thief does three things. What does he do? Ten, ten of John. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, to destroy. Three things he does. What does he do? He steals. In other words, he uses stealth. Stealth ka matlab jante hai na? Have you seen the a cat running after a mouse? Suddenly the lion instincts come into the cat. That is the reason why it's a proud animal. Even if the dogs can kill it, it still has pride. He, he says, you know, you know my family. I belong to the cat family, you dog. He says. A lion is my great-grandfather. Whatever. No? You see how the lion, lion uh, hunts its prey? Stealth. That is the reason why it says, sin is what at the door? Crouching. Crouching ka matlab kya hai? Hey, I'm not here. That's what crouching means. Take it easy. I'm not here, I'm not here, I'm not here. Don't worry. You don't have to worry too much about me. I'll eat you in my leisure. Okay. That is stealth. Uses deception. That is the primary weapon of the enemy and especially even in your own life we have sin. Sin crouches. Okay. My goodness. It waits, right, for the animal to stray away from the pack. In other words, for the animal to leave Jerusalem. It's slowly waiting and the moment it sees that point of weakness when there is no turning back, gone. And they they hunt in prides, right? They hunt. You should see the way they zero in onto the prey. Go to National Geographic. Oh, boy! Unbelievable it is. And once they zero in on, no chance. No chance at all. And they are not fast creatures, by the way, lions. Not like cheetahs. So they they have to rely on their stealth. So enemy is called a roaring lion and he relies on stealth. 
So what does he do? The enemy doesn't come except to steal. By the way, how many of you have realized that you were stolen? When you are being stolen? Pocket cut karna ke samay? Nobody knows. Whenever your, when your pocket is getting cut, and they're very, very good. If you go to Mumbai, they'll get their knives and their blades and their scissors. Nobody even knows. And by the time you realize, that fellow's gone. Hey, thief, thief, thief. It's not going to work. Chor, chor, chor. <laughs> so what is happening? What does that enemy do? He uses stealth and he steals from you without you even knowing. That's all. Many people lose, waste their time. By the time you finished uh, some, let's say, two, three hours, oh, you lost so much of time, man. You're stolen. You've been stolen, my dear brother. <laughs> You're stolen. You've been stolen. Let me tell you something. Whenever you pour your heart and soul into something, you're giving a part of your life. Whenever you spend some time on something, you're giving a part of your life. What are you giving? A part of your life. You, the time that you spend in some, some, some something, it's an investment. Either you are sowing to the flesh or you are sowing to the spirit. And if you are sowing to the flesh, you are reaping what? Of the flesh, corruption. And if you are sowing to the spirit, of the spirit, eternal life. And you are pouring your life. In other words, one slice of your life is gone. It's a very serious thing. I mean, I was thinking about it yesterday. We pour out our life. Literally, I'm pouring out. Paul says, I'm pouring out my life as a drink offering, he says. Hmm? So what does he do? He steals time from you. Think about how much of stolen time we, I mean, if you can keep an account of the, all the stolen time. That's what, that's the reason why I like that song. Wept for my Wasted years, paid for my bitterness. He died in my place. That that song, wept for my wasted years. I love that part. Wept for my wasted years. He wept. The problem is we don't weep. We don't weep. And by the time we start weeping, it's already too late. It's you. It's him. My goodness, how many of us really realize, boss? Time spent. I'm rather. This cover that we are studying right now and uh, and delving on the word of God and dwelling on the word of God is not going to come back after this is gone. And either we are sowing this time so that we can reap it on our life or we are doing something else which is absolute nonsense. I am not saying that we should not work. I am not talking about that at all. Please don't misunderstand me. Okay. In fact, the moment you start reaching your 40s, boy, I am telling you, you will get really worried. What you do in your 40s, you will reap in your 50s. And what you reap in your 50s, you will reap in your 60s. So, so in your 50s, you will reap in your 60s. Very, very important. Three score and ten. Boss. Three score and ten. Think about it. How much of your life has been poured out in the service of God and in the things of God? What does he do? He steals time. See, stealing money, okay. So that's the reason why there's a famous proverb, right? We, we, if money is lost, nothing is lost. If health is lost, something is lost. If character is lost, everything is lost. He steals. 
He steals your, we'll come to that later on. He steals from you something. I will talk about that. And so what does he do? He uses deception. Deception is his tactic to steal from you. Many people have lost their time, have lost their money. How much of money is wasted on useless things, on Swiggy? You made Swiggy rich and in the process Google also because that fellow uses Google Maps. Google gets a pie out of everything, Baba. Even when you buy food, he's making money. Can you imagine how smart that fellow is? Whoever thought, he's got his tentacles all over. That is the reason why the parable of the minas is so powerful. He says, he only commends one guy. One guy who is able to make one mina into ten. He says, well done, good and faithful. The other guy, he doesn't even call him. He says, okay. He says, likewise, but he doesn't say call him good or faithful. He says, okay, take control of five, five cities. Life is too short. Eternity is too long. Too long. Too, too, too long. It's permanent. This is not life. Life is, this is eternal life. To know you, the only true God. And spending time to know him is the wisest thing that you can do. That is the reason why he tells Paul, tells Timothy, right from childhood you have known the scriptures which is able to make you wise unto salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. In other words, until and unless your entire life is, 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 um, is, um, focus towards leading you to faith in Jesus Christ is a waste. I mean, I'm teaching Abigail math. I'm getting frustrated sometimes. Okay. But then I was thinking about it in the morning. I was just keep on thinking these days. And I said, what, what should I do in every exercise with my child? What is the one thing that I have to focus on? If you're struggling with something, have faith in Jesus. Bring it to Jesus. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. But let him ask without doubting. Let, that means he has to ask in faith. Everything to what? Every situation and every subject you study or don't study. How is it engineered? It is engineered to bring you to faith in Jesus Christ if you are a believer. Especially. Lord, I can't solve this problem. <laughs> what do you do? Seriously, no? We never ever try. We go to coaching. We go to tuition. We eat. We waste our parents' money. But we never go to God who gives how? Freely. Kya baat hai? Nana. That's what he says. Daniel honored God and God gave him what? Wisdom to understand. And what has happened in these last days? Enemy is stealing our money. He is stealing our time. He is stealing our life and we do not even realize it. Lot of young people think, you know what? Okay, no problem. I can enjoy my life right now. Let, that's what he's, that's what, that's what, uh, 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 what's his name? Solomon tells in Ecclesiastes, he says, eat, drink, and be merry, but one day God will call you to what? Account. Therefore, what should you do? Remember your creator in the days of your youth. Remember. Consider him. 
Spend time in his presence and Lord, say, Lord, I want to invest my life in your presence. My life belongs to you. Let the enemy not steal from me. What does the enemy do? The enemy steals. He uses stealth. He uses deception. And before you know it, so much of money is gone. So much of time is gone. So much of your life, in effect, is gone. And relationships, how much time is wasted in relationships? Talking over the phone. What's the most important thing in life? Is love, 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 love. Do you love God? Well, who's God? You're wasting your time. Oh, I love her. Seven years is gone. And the enemy steals from Joseph. Jacob, he doesn't even know it. Can you imagine? Seven years was a steal for Laban. Remember that? You know, that's what we say, no? When you go to a supermarket, hurry, that was a steal, Ray. I got a good deal. Means that was a steal. Remember, that's the kind of language we use. Jacob was a steal for Laban. Changed his wages ten times. Stole. And he was seven years like it was like a dream because of his love for him. And what did he get ultimately? Behold, it was Leah. Call him in the morning. God, he just got up from his bed like that. Ran out of his bedroom. You stole, you stole. He didn't even realize it. That's what happens when you leave Bethel. It's too late now. The enemy comes to steal. 20 years of your life is wasted. And that's what he says ultimately to Pharaoh. The days of my pilgrimage <laughs> have been full of sorrow and grief. That's exactly what even Moses tells in Psalm 90, right? Full of weary exercise. It is vain for you to rise up early, sleep up, sleep late. For behold, he gives his righteous rest. The enemy steals, my dear brothers, steals. Be careful. Oh my goodness, don't be a steal. <laughs> okay. So otherwise, you know, the enemy will call you. He'll put a label on you. Steal. <laughs> this fellow is a steal, man. He's a steal. Second, what does the enemy do? He kills. How does he kill? No, people think that by taking away your life. I mean, essentially what? He does. So let me show you, prove to you how enemy steals. You want to know the way the enemy steals? Turn with me to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. What does it say? <clears throat> Uh, oh, sorry, sorry, I didn't give you the verse, sorry. Verse uh, 31 onwards, so this is after uh, Simon the Great he has this incredible revelation. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Simon Barjono, blessed art thou, but my father which is in heaven. And he gets full excited about it. He really enjoys that commendation from, from Jesus himself. And then let's read from verse 31, Matthew chapter 16, verse th- number 30, 16, one, one six, 21, sorry, 21, 21. 21? Excuse me. Okay, I think it's Mark chapter 8 then. 
sorry apologize is it right yeah thank you thank you thank you all right mark chapter 8 it's on matthew chapter 16 mark chapter 8 divided 16 by 2 you will end up with mark okay all right so what does it say he began to teach them that the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the chief by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after 3 days rise again and he spoke this word openly then peter took him aside and began to rebuke him and when he turned around looked at his disciples rebuked peter saying get behind me satan get behind me satan who satan the thief right the enemy comes to thief the the thief comes to steal to kill and to destroy now who is he going to kill you get behind me satan for you are not mindful of the things of god but the things of men and then look look, look at verse 34 onwards when he called the people to himself with his disciples also he said to them whoever desires to come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me verse 35 for whoever desires to save his life will be killed and whoever loses his life for my sake and for the gospel's sake will save it so how does enemy kill you by causing you to save your life and take it simple straightforward don't live for god live for yourself save your life and he will use every kind of a channel that he can possibly use to convince you that the track that you have taken is wrong save your life in other words he takes you away from the way of the cross that is how he kills you my dear brothers when you are outside the way of the cross you are being killed by your enemy because you are not losing your life for the sake of christ you are saving your life and if you save your life you will ultimately lose it jonathan for whoever desires to save his life is a desire will lose it and then for whoever desires to save his life will lose it but whoever desires to lose his life for my sake or other whoever loses to loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it now think about that how much of your life is spent upon for his names his sake and for the gospels what is your focus what is our focus in life see that is how we know that the enemy is actually killing us right killing us softly you're killing me softly i'm using your terms because of the weakness of your flesh it's <laughs> killing me softly it's killing you it's killing you why keeping your like whenever you think no 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 this money is mine this money this money is the name the moment you say this is mine over it's a done deal for you you have been killed by the enemy and you don't even realize it 
So many of God's children are being killed. You know that? The sacrifice which was meant for God, they're using it for the devil. Right? See, think about it, no? Anything that you want to do in this world, you have to pay a price. And if you want to do anything for God, you have to also pay the price. Therefore, in Luke's Gospel chapter 14, he says, count the cost. And it will cost you everything. Ah, everything. Everything. God wants everything or nothing. Ardhamenda. God wants everything or nothing. Let me tell you something. You get into wrong relationships. You are stuck for life. Stuck? My goodness, and I look back now, how many ways God protected me. Whenever you go through your Facebook page, you will know, oh, that sweetheart you couldn't live without. Oh, can't live without you. You have survived very well actually. <laughs> Telling you, my dear brothers, absolute nonsense and garbage. The problem is, they are stuck now. Stuck. And in fact, they don't even realize that the enemy is eating up into their soul. Killing them. How many carriers have killed children and families and marriages? Literally. Literally. I mean, I, 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 I remember this very well. No, Jason was uh, up for promotion some, some years back when she was in the company. So they had this manager's town hall. <laughs> Whatever the heck that is. Everything okay? Can I continue? Am I alright? Alright. Okay. Town hall. And this madam come from the US comes. And he's giving, she's giving a talk to all these wannabe AVPs and VPs and SMs and ASMs and AMs and whatever Ms. Manager, assistant manager, assistant senior manager, assistant vice president, vice president, CEO. All these. This lady. Oh, uh, while I was up for promotion, I was pregnant. And had a discussion with my husband. And we went for a an abortion. And it's okay with that. It's absolutely okay. I know believers. I know believers. Believers. I know them personally. And personally mean not at a personal level, but I know them quite well. Went through an abortion. Why? Oh, because she was busy with a PhD. Kills. My dear brothers, they're living in a world like that. What is happening? Save your life! God says, lose it. It will cost you. What do you want to offer to God? 
Ah, that which will cost me 24-24, Second Samuel. Aruna said, free, 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 take it easy. Uh, by the way, he's a Jebusite, okay? Aru, Arona, Arona, the Jebusite. Free, 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 free. You know what David said? No! N-O! But I will surely buy it from you for a price. You were bought at a price. You are not your own. What you are giving to God is what he deserves. You want to keep it? And God isn't, he's a gentleman, he doesn't even force it, right? You have to give it to yourself. Nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God. That which costs me what? Nothing. Will it cost you something? My goodness, brothers, think about this, think about this, think about this, brothers. What kind of a stupid attitude sometimes we have? That when it comes to the things of God, we want it free. But we are willing to pay a price for anything in the world. The number of meetings we have sacrificed on the altar of carriers. Why? Because we are saving our lives. And you know what the enemy is doing? He's killing you. You don't even realize that. That's what lots thought. Oh, I'm making it in the world. But he didn't realize that he was being killed. And God sent him a warning. What did he do? Allowed uh, Shadarlomer and Sherlomer, whatever those names are. Sherlomer and all those five kings to capture him. That fellow is one, Shadarlomer is one, one Satan, Bera is another Satan. And he likes Satan more than Abraham. At, at that point, at least he could have said, you know what a stupid decision it was to leave my, my uncle's house. And he's also called righteous. It's interesting, right? You go through scriptures, it says that the word of the Lord appeared to Abraham. The word of the Lord came to Abraham. Does it ever say that the word of the Lord came to Lot? Yet he is called righteous. My dear brothers, what is happening to that guy? His soul is being vexed. Why? Because he is living for himself and whoever saves his life, actually the word for life is soul, okay? Whoever saves his soul will lose it. Siko, sik, suke, uh, P-S-Y-C-H-E in, uh, in, in Greek. Psyche, from which we get the word psyche. Whoever loses his life. That's what people will say, hey, you have got psyched out, Ray, when you, because you are uh, living for God. They'll call you psyched out, but you should say, you are psyched out, you fellows. You don't even realize. Why, why? The natural man does not under the things, understand the things of the spiritual, spirit of God, for they are what to him? Foolishness to him. But the spiritual man judges all things, but he himself is rightly judged by no man. No man can understand the spirit, spiritual man. But this fellow can understand everything. This fellow is losing his life, this fellow is gaining his life. This fellow, the Satan is killing, Satan is killing his life, this fellow, he is giving his life for God and therefore he is saving it. I want to be like this. I want to follow this. Verse 38 of uh, Mark. So let's do it. Verse 35 onwards. Whoever, <coughs> for, yeah, for what, yeah, for what will it profit a man if he gains his own world 
and he kills his own soul ultimately, right? And exactly how enemy does, you leave the presence of God, you leave the place of covering, of coaching, of control, of, of, uh, of chastising, of uh, covering, of, of, the, of the presence, of the, of, of the care of God. You know what happens? The enemy attacks you and he begins to steal now. Your priorities will change completely. Because you are accountable to nobody anymore. In as far as your spirit is concerned. says, what does it profit a man? If he gains the whole world and loses his own soul. Think about it. See, it doesn't mean that God doesn't want to give you certain things. Sometimes, you know something? I really, really thank God for the successes that he did not give me. (laughs) Honestly. Honestly. Not because I was not better than some people in the world. I I really worked hard in certain instances. And may not be as successful as them. But thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. He protected me from losing my life. Thank God. In hindsight I can see that now. That's what, if any, anything a man does without God, he's found to fail miserably or succeed even more miserably. I think it was Josh McDonald or somebody. It was quoted by Tim Keller, it was quoted by Shandar Krishnan and therefore I'm also quoting. So we don't know the line. The line of originality we don't know. Who were quoted from somewhere. We are all copycats. Come on. originality, boy? Kuch bhi bolte hain loga. Original, original, originality, novelty. What is novel in this? Kuch novel nahi hai. Any piece of art is only one person who would have given it. God would have given it or Satan would have given it. The rest, rest are all copycats. Okay? Understand? It's too hard to digest but it's a fact. So, for whoever is ashamed of me and my words, verse 37, for who is, whoever is ashamed of me, ah, verse 37, what will a man give in exchange for his soul? What will he get? Man exchange for his soul. That's exactly what, what, what they did. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. They exchanged natural relations with unnatural ones. They exchange the glory of God for things that do not profit. My people commit two evils. What is it? They have forsaken me. First evil. The source of living water. Second evil. They have hewn for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns which can hold no water. And what iniquity did your forefathers find in me? That you have forsaken me and have gone after vanity and have become vain. (laughs) Of course, you go after vanity, you will become vain. What is vanity? Somebody said it's like a bubble after you burst it and whatever is left is vanity. What can you give in exchange for your soul? You know what God does? He allows them. He gives them over. Hoping that when they hit the pig pen, they will cry out to God, but they don't. By the time it's too late. That is the reason why salvation is not coming to your what? Senses. It's actually coming to yourself. 
your senses. Your senses are open now. Suddenly you realize, boss, I've been messing up my life. That's exactly what happened to this guy, the, the, the prodigal son. He wanted to gain his life. And what did he do? Ultimately, Satan killed his life. Thank God, before it was too late. Like pastor says, not all prodigal, prodigals return. My God, what a solemn statement that is. Yes, here in the story, the prodigal has returned. But do all prodigals return? We don't know. You want to become a prodigal? <laughs> you want to take a chance? You want to risk? What says that? Gentlemen. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, that's the problem. And what kind of a generation? In this adulterous and sinful generation. What kind of a generation? Is this not a sinful generation? It's an adulterous. It's a mixture. It's a generation which is given over to passions. Living for themselves instead of living for God. Of him, the son, also, son of man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father and with his holy angels. Therefore, what does this enemy come? First, he comes to steal with deception. Second, once he is convinced that he has, he has you, he says, what's the whole point in living for God? Come on. That is the reason why Philippians will say, I say about these people with weeping, they are not the enemies of God. They are enemies of the cross of Christ. Their, what is their? Their God is their belly. Their glory is in their shame. And who their, whose end is what? Destruction. Whose end is destruction. You know why? Because they hate the way of the cross. They hate the way of dying so that they can gain. But in their gaining, what are they doing? They're getting killed by the devil. That's the aim of the devil. So that you will live your life for yourself and not for God. So what happens after that? After he has stolen from you, after he has killed you, in other words, he has convinced you that you should live life for yourself. Like Lot, look, mere uncle ko main I will prove to him that even without him I can succeed. What do you have, Ray? Look, I am the head of, I am in the, I am the, I am one of the leaders of Sodom. And those fellows don't even like him. This fellow has come. Now he desires to be the master over us, they, they say. Remember? That's exactly what happens. The world will not accept you because you are a traitor. They will not trust you. Now the, the, the people in the world uh, uh, church also will not trust you. Both ways you are gone. You are like Absalom. Heaven will not receive you. Earth will not accept you. Finished. Over. You are in the middle. It's amazing. These are all spiritual markers in our lives. Heaven will not receive you. Earth will not accept you. Ultimately what? Somebody will come and pierce you. You know why? Because he never liked correction. So what does he do? Third one, he destroys. Once he has stolen time from you, once he has convinced that you should live life for yourself, Third, he says, now it slowly begins to take you away from the, from the walk of faith. Now you, instead of walking by faith, you begin to walk by sight. You begin to draw back. Even the disciples were not exempt from this, my dear brothers. What is happening to my Bible? 
They are not exempt from this. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 36 to 39, please. 36 to 39. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 36 to 39. For you have need of endurance. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. To understand the will of God, you need to have a what mind? A transformed mind. Okay. Otherwise, it's forget it. You will never get your, the will of God in a million years. Even if you are saved. You will still be trying to figure out the will of God in eternity. <laughs> so, sorry to say that, but it's a fact. <laughs> you don't have a transformed mind. So what will you understand the will of God? You have to prove it, no? That means you have to test it. And then you say, yeah, 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 this is the will of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the good will of God. This is the pleasing will of God. Then you have to the perfect will of God. How can you test it unless you have worn it? That's exactly what happens to David. Wear this armor. Hare, sorry, I haven't, I haven't tested them. Don't put me in them. That's exactly what you will tell uh, tell Jesus once you, once you go to eternity. Ah, no Lord, I can't. I have not tested this, so don't put me in it, please. This is too much for me to accept. I like to be in kindergarten for the rest of my life. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, whatever spiritual equivalent of that. (laughs) Sorry to say that, but it's a fact. For you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may, what? Receive the promise for yet a little while and he who is coming will come and will not tarry as you think that he is tarrying. Baba, I told you, right? Life is too short. Eternity is too long. If when you compare to eternity, this tarry is nothing. Even if it seems like, oh, forever. <laughs> Lord, I'm in this position forever. It seems like an eternity to me, Lord. No, no, no. This is all hyperbole. Sorry. <laughs> you haven't even, you don't have an, you don't even have an idea, an iota of an idea as to what eternity is all about. If I were to show you. And he who is coming will come and will not tarry. I remember uh, C.S. Lewis, you know, he tries to uh, explain eternity. He says, he says, why should we, um, why should we uh, deal with bitterness and anger and resentment now? Why, 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 why should we not take them for granted? For example, he says, for example, let us say uh, you begin to be bitter when you are 30 years old. Let's say, okay, you begin to become bitter and you, let's say you live for 70 years. So, and you never dealt with your bitterness. What will happen to your bitterness? Will it increase or decrease? Or increase. Okay. Now you've looked at 70 years of increase of bitterness. So, so it's somehow increasing. I don't know what, what function it, you can put there. It may be linear function, nonlinear function, or some kind of a trigonometric function. I don't know. So for some function is there, which is increasing and causing your bitterness to increase. So till 70 years, your bitterness has increased. Okay. So 30, you are less bitter. Now you have become more bitter. If you live for another 10 years, complete man, 8 years, you are most bitter. Okay. After most bitter, you die. Now you suddenly enter into timelessness, meaning what time? Infinite time. So what will happen to your bitterness? It will increase infinitely. That is eternity. So please don't say, oh Lord, this seems to be an eternity. Hold on. You don't have a 
clue, clue of what eternity is all about. Same thing with anger. That's the reason why they will be weeping and what of teeth? So they will be crying and gnashing at the same time. <laughs> My God. And you don't even have teeth. I don't know. Maybe you have. Maybe you'll be given a fresh pair. That will survive our nuclear holocaust and thus also will survive your teeth. Maybe if you die with bitterness and without teeth, they will be given dentures there. I don't know. I don't know. I can I can only imagine. <laughs> I don't want to be there, please. Okay. So what does he do? He says, but we are not of those. Not, now the just, verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul shall not have pleasure in him, but we are of not, not of those who will draw back to perdition, to destruction. That's the word. He destroys. He steals. He he kills and he destroys. He takes us back to what? To perdition. You look at this um, verse in some fired up verses in the book of Timothy. First Timothy chapter 6 verses 8, 9. Look at those verses. Powerful verses. Yeah. First Timothy chapter 6 verses 8 and 9. Timothy 6. Having Food and clothing, let us, with these, let us be content. Look at this. But those that desire to be rich, that means those people who really want to save their lives now, fall into temptation and snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men into perdition and destruction. Whoa! Have you seen being drowned? Oh! Help! Help! After a while. That's what will happen. Drown man. So even the disciples, as I said, were not exempt from this, right? Look at what it says in John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 66. 666 is a triple six number. <laughs> and it's very interesting that verse. 666 verse, wouldn't it? For the time, from that time, many of his disciples drew back and walked with him no more. And then, and what does he say? Then Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You and you alone have the words of eternal life. And then he says, have I not? Also, you have, we have come to believe and to know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, did I not choose you, the twelve? And one of you is the son of the devil. Or actually, son of perdition, you are the devil. You know, message is a killer. From 66A, message may putting here. 66 to 71 in message. Are you ready? Fasten your seat belts now, everybody. Here comes Eugene Peterson. <laughs> Inspired by the Holy Spirit. Okay. And this, after this, a lot of his disciples left. They no longer wanted to be associated with him. I like that. What a word. They took away his name. We no longer belong to you or not our whatever. Hmm? Then Jesus gave the twelve their chance. Look at that. Jesus gave the twelve their chance. Do you also want to leave? No. Beautiful. Look at Peter's answer. Okay. Peter replied, Master, to whom would we go? 
you have the words of real life, eternal life. We have what? Already committed ourselves. I love that sentence. Have you committed yourselves already? Okasari committed and now Mata Nina Vina. Kadanana under Nautana. My Ajwabi and Tara dialogue, Manakantunalasal. If you want to understand, come to the Telugu message. Okay? Then I will give you the English rendering of that. <laughs> okay. So we have already committed ourselves. In other words, you know what? Whatever it is, we have committed here. Finished over. Whether you say something or not, say something, we are not even bothered. We are going to stick over. We are sold out. Deci- decisions have made. Like we have burnt all our bridges to our past life. All tractors are burnt and sold. That's what Elisha did. He had 12 yoke of oxen and he was on the 12th. That means he had 12 tractors. What did he do? He sold them all. Got rid of his property, his business. Burnt all his bridges. No more going back. Let me take one tuition class. No, no tuition class. Even if I teach now, you know what I do? I don't take a money. I don't take a salary. I want to do it for free. I do it out of interest. Because I love numbers. Because God wrote the book of numbers. No, he's also interested in numbers. So, why should I not be interested? Come on. Especially whole numbers, no fractions. All number theory came from God. Hmm? So, we have already committed ourselves. The question is, have you already committed yourselves? That's exactly what, you know what this man says. What is his name? Job. What does he say? Even if you, ah, I have committed myself. Over. Even if you slay me, I am going to worship you. Kill me. That's exactly what I tell God, no? If I fall, whenever I fall, when I fell, I said, Lord, I fell. But no plan B for me. What are you going to do? You want to kill me? I'm going to die with you. I'm going to serve you regardless. Bash on regardless. Are you a dumb dumb ray? I'm actually very smart. You don't know. I've calculated everything. I've integrated it over eternity now. No, that's what we've been said. Minus infinity plus infinity. Integration, no? <laughs> I've integrated it over eternity. I know exactly what is on the other side. All calculations have been done. I can never lose with my God. Therefore, what I'm going to do? Are commit yourself to this. No. Who, oh, we have left everything to follow you. Are hele, 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 hele. Nobody who has left father, mother, wife, children, brothers, property will not only gain in this life, but with persecutions, you'll also gain eternity. See, Paul was a brilliant guy, okay? If he were to go to MIT, he would have given everybody a run for their money in computer science department. Okay. That guy lost his life for Jesus Christ. Okay. He's a smart guy. Okay. I don't think in my life he'll be ever, ever be smarter than Paul. So if he has given his life for Christ. Okay. I also want to be smart. Be smart, choose the kingdom, like Pastor said, right? <laughs> be smart. Don't be idiots, basically. Choose the kingdom. Commit yourself. And you see, look at this. We have already 
committed ourselves confident that you are the holy one of God. We have seen it over. Finish. No plan B for us. Have you committed yourself? Oh, still we are counting the cost. We don't know where this will take us. No. My goodness, what if people take take advantage of me? That's exactly what Joseph thought. Everywhere he was being taken advantage of. Everywhere people are saying, you're losing your life, you're losing your life, you're losing your life. You don't even know. <laughs> that guy was gaining his life left, right and center. That's what he, Paul says, if God be for us, who can be against us? Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can tribulation, can famine, can destruction, can nakedness or peril or danger? As, and I have been counted as sheep to the slaughter all day. But in all these things, I'm more than a conqueror, for I am convinced neither death, nor life, nor principality, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come, height, depth, etc., etc., can separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Period. Question mark. No more. No question mark. Period. Exclamation. Everything. This morning, is he stealing our lives, gentlemen? Have we committed ourselves to him? I just looked at one verse. Steal, kill, destroy. And verse 17 and 71, look at what it says. Jesus responded, haven't I handpicked you the twelve? You know what? God handpicked you. I mean, it's like a picture. When you go to the supermarket, or rather when you go to a clothing store, you handpick. Now, of course, you can do it online. You can handpick everything. It's a digital handpicking. But of course, we Indians like to taste the sari, smell the sari, unfold the sari, all those things we need to do (laughs) before we choose the sari. And have chai also along with it. That fellow, you know, how he nicely deceives and sends, steals money from us. No, this is, I'm telling you, enemy is a fantastic stealer, okay? Do you think we got a good deal from Chandana brothers? Hey, that was a steal, Ray. Buy one, get three free. What a steal! <laughs> you are entering into the shop and he's saying, Are steal number one, two, three. For you, you are just a number. <laughs> Jesus responded, haven't I handpicked you? The twelve. And he says, still one of you is the devil. I wish the guy who betrayed me were among those people who left. But unfortunately, it's still among the one who's still there with me. I wish the one who betrayed me were the people who left me, who decided not to walk with me anymore, who decided not to be associated with me. But unfortunately, there'll be one guy who's going to break bread with me. I mean, if you should read Pilgrim's Progress, you'll get scared. Uh, Exactly at the time when he is going towards into the celestial city, right there, there is a doorway into hell. So two fellows reach heaven. Almost, and one guy loses his assurance. And right there, that fellow is cast down into hell. Then he says, I was scared that there could be 
a doorway right from the pits from the doorway of heaven there could be a portal right into the pits of hell you should read the whole book to get the context of it okay so then you will understand john bunyan was a brilliant guy jesus responded haven't i hand picked you that well you know it scares me a lot no <sighs> that i could also be one that's exactly what the disciples said lord is it i is it i is it they said lord is it i lord is it i lord is it what does what does what does what does judas say master no 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 he doesn't say rabbi they they say lord not is or rather master master is it i master is it i and judas says teacher is it i that means for you jesus is just a teacher not a lord as long as you are surrendered to god even if you have the judas inside of you god can deal with you if he is just a teacher ah he is just another teacher there of course there are many teachers of course you don't have to be a part of a church there are so many teachers go online there are teachers dime a dozen now but are they accountable to you <laughs> or are you accountable to them Oh, there are so many teachers. Are you following them? What does it say? What does it say? Follow those. Do you follow them? Oh, we don't follow anybody. We are our own. Where are you? On the way to Jericho, and you don't even know it. So, what happened to this guy? Finally. go back to 29 of luke need to stop here <sighs> 1029 okay yeah yeah 10 10 30 10 30 so a certain man went down from jerusalem to jericho and he fell among them fell among, fell among thieves who stripped them of his clothing So what has happened to him first? You know what he lost? He lost his clothing. Or rather, he lost his covering. That's exactly what happened to uh, to to Adam and Eve when they disobeyed. They lost their covering, their clothes. They lost. the glory which covered them that's what it says right you made him a little lower than the angels and you crowned him with glory you clothed him and they lost the glory they stripped lost a covering see it's this is dangerous because in the spiritual realm you will be known see a rebel is known in the spiritual realm because you are you are his friend basically rebel disobedient don't get disappointed don't get upset when i'm using all these words 969 969 that is the number of years who lived madusala lived okay psalm 96 verse 9 oh can you put it in uh, the msg maybe i don't know if msg is there okay this is msg No, 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 no. Okay, so let's put on. Go back to NIV and ESV, maybe. So all, all okay. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. Tremble before Him, all 
the earth. That means, you know, actually uh, in the Telugu it's beautiful. It says, clothe yourself with beautiful ornaments and garments and then worship the Lord. It means have a covering when you are worshipping God. And who's your, who's your covering? Jesus. Who's your, what, is, what is your covering? Your separation is a mark of your covering. You understand that? So the moment you go into the world, you have stolen off that mark of separation that is over your life. And there's no difference now. That's exactly what happens. The moment people go into the world, they're just like the world. Even if you're a Christian, in fact, worse sometimes. See, I, I remember sometime back, you know, somebody was telling me, you know, this. He said, uh, when you see um, a girl who's dressed in skimpy attire in, a, in, a, in an office, a lot of girls nowadays they dress up in skimpy attire. But you know what? You know a believer when she's dressed like that. You know why? She's got an air of defiance in her. The others are all still ignorant. Tight t-shirts. Everything tight. Designed to, designed to attract and you know it. Don't try to act innocent. You know it. Born in sin? Sin? Shaped in iniquity, including girls, not just men. You know it. So why is this important? Why is this covering so important? Otherwise, in the spiritual realm, you are naked. You're gone. How do I know this? Turn to Second Chronicles chapter twenty, verse twenty onwards. This is, you know, remember the story of, this is Jehoshaphat when he's fighting though, he's going for battle. Remember that? And he's, there's a, this is an army which is, which is trying to overwhelm him. And of course we know that this is a, it's, it's, it's a type of a spiritual battle. Look at what it says in Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20 onwards. So they rose up early in the morning and went into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me, O Judah and you inhabitants of, ha, 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 ha. hear me, O Judah and you inhabitants of Mark that, my dear brothers. Mark that. Inhabitants of Jerusalem, mark. Believe in the Lord, your God, and you shall be established. Believe in His prophets, and you shall prosper. So as I said, Jerusalem is a place where you are protected. You are first covered, you are coached, you are controlled, you are chastised, and you are cared. You have a covering. That is where you have prophets. That is where you have people who speak the word to you. Believe in the Lord and you shall be established. And believe in the prophets and you shall prosper. And then look at verse 21. Look at this beauty. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord, who should, Lord, read that everybody. Praise the Lord. Ah, in the beauty of holiness. That means they should put on the garments of praise. They should have a covering when they are going to battle. Their nakedness should not be exposed. Otherwise, you'll be fodder. <laughs> Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Who the heck are you? <laughs> As they went out before the army, they were saying, praise the Lord for his, what endures forever? I like that. Mercy endures forever. <laughs> and you know. What happened? Lost his cover. And then it's, 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 uh, it's, uh, um, see, rebellion is a sinner's sin of 
witchcraft. The moment you enter into witchcraft, you know that your covering is gone. Now, even if the spirit of the Lord come up, comes upon you, it's not going to matter. Look at what it says in 1 Samuel chapter 19, verse 22 onwards. Now, this is important, okay? This is, uh, Saul knows that David is with Samuel. Okay? Saul knows that David, David is with Samuel. Okay, now he's upset. So he sends messengers to capture David. So they go, the spirit of the Lord comes upon them and he starts prophesying. It's like those fellows, no, who are sent to capture Elijah. There, uh, the fire of the Lord falls upon them. Here, God is a little more merciful. So the spirit of the Lord comes upon them and they start prophesying. He gets upset and he sends a second batch. Those fellows also start prophesying. <laughs> okay. And the third batch, those fellows also starts prophesying. And Finally, he says, this is not working. Let me go now. And this is what happens. Then he also went to Rama and he came to the great well that is in Shekhu. So he asked and said, where are Samuel and David? So defined. And someone said, indeed, they are in Nayoth in Rama. So he went there to Nayoth in Rama. Then the spirit of God came, him, came upon him also. Just a few chapters before, this evil spirit from God came upon him now. The covering is gone. Now he's just becoming a toy in the hands of God. Spirit of God came upon him also and he went on and prophesied until he came to Nayoth in Rama. He wanted to capture the anointed of God. He wanted to, uh, you know, even Samuel was sometimes scared of, of Saul. If Saul knows about it, he's going to kill me. So what happened? And he also stripped off his clothes and prophesied before Samuel in like manner and lay down naked all that day and all that night. Therefore they say, is Saul also among the prophets? Covering is gone. You know why? You've already entered into the realm of warcraft. Not warcraft, witchcraft. For warcraft, you need to have a covering. What we call as worshipping the Lord in the beauty of holiness. So that is the reason why worshipping is not one performance, Baba. You think it is a performance. Talent, performance, drums, music, lights, kadhanana. It is worshipping in the splendor of holiness. You need to have a covering. It's spiritual warfare. What does it say in Psalm 142, if I'm right? 142, huh? No, no, 141. Let me see, let me see, let me see. Where it says, he trains my hands for battle and my fingers for war. 141? You don't have to, if you don't get it, don't, don't worry. Yeah, we'll stop here after this. <clears throat> he lost his covering. And then, okay, that's okay, that's okay. <laughs> don't worry too much. It's okay, it's okay. Uh, okay, let me find it out. Okay. Okay. Psalm 144 was one. I have Google Tally accept at my disposal. Okay. How is he able to get it? Google Tally. Hmm? Google is using us. We will use him. Fellow nonsense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> blessed be the rock, Lord, uh, blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. And this is a what? Is a, it is a, it is a what? Psalm, huh? So when, when do we sing Psalms? During worship. 
ఇట్స్ వార్ఫేర్ నాన్న వార్ఫేర్ ఎవ్రీథింగ్ ఇస్ రైట్లీ దిస్ ఇస్ వార్ఫేర్ యూ నో దట్ ఎవ్రీథింగ్ దట్ హ్యాపెన్స్ ఫ్రమ్ దిస్ ప్లేస్ ఈస్ స్పిరిచువల్ వార్ఫేర్ బికాస్ స్ట్రాంగ్ హోల్డ్స్ ఆర్ బింగ్ బ్రోకెన్ ఫర్ అవర్ వెపన్స్ ఆఫ్ అవర్ వార్ఫేర్ నాట్ are not carnal but mighty in god to the pulling down of strongholds we bring down every thought every imagination and make it captive to the obedience of christ that's what we're doing over and over and over and over again so what did they do they stripped him second what did they do they wounded him that's exactly what happened to saul this guy is wounding now how is he wounding with a spear in his hand what does he want to do with a spear kill goliath no kill david if anybody comes in the on, on in the way he wants to kill that fellow also remember when uh, he's asked uh, he he asks where is the son of jesse why is he not at the table oh no 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 his uh, parents have called him he is going to have a special sacrifice oh for devan he is not the second day he is not the same answer jonathan gives you son of a da 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 da, da. He uses those words i am not saying that there's a beep beep in the bible also <laughs> okay and there's a and after that and he and he, what he does he takes the spear and he throws it at jonathan intending to kill him it says wounded people wound others why is open now to the spirits of dark to the to the uh, to the demonic realm and everybody says there's nobody who's taking care of me now nobody nobody who tells me where the son of jesse is and suddenly doek will come master i saw i saw i saw how oh, you saw oh you care for me so much get those fellows and kill them skilling left right and center killing the priests of god hand stained with blood wounded people wounders so we'll have to ask god for what healing finally what do they do they departed leaving him what half dead they stripped him they wounded him and they departed leaving him how half dead in other words that fellow is not dead not alive he is neither hot nor cold what is he look one why he thinks you know what i don't need anything look at all that i have but you don't realize that you are what let's go to that place revelation chapter 3 verse 14 22 and to the angel of the church of the laodiceans right these things says the amen the faithful and the true witness the beginning of the creation of god what do you say what does he say i know your works that you are neither cold nor hot and you are half dead he doesn't say you are half alive isn't it interesting god you are very pessimistic god you only see glass glass half empty <laughs> baba <laughs> dead in i think it's sardis he says you have a reputation that you have that you are alive but you are dead hold on to the things which are about to die hold on to the things which are about to die 
I could wish you were either cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of your mouth. What are you are hot dead, half dead. And look at what he says. Look at what, he, what she says. But you say, I am rich. I am wealthy. And I have need of nothing. But you know, you don't realize that you are wretched, you are miserable, you are poor, you are blind and you are naked. That's what you're actual condition is you're stripped completely in the spiritual realm. And where am I? I'm not even inside. I'm outside. I'm knocking at your door. So what's our situation today? That's what happens now. When you leave Jerusalem to Jericho. I still haven't finished. रुकावट के लिए खेद नहीं है पार्ट 2 कल हम खत्म करेंगे बिकॉज़ टू डेज पास्टर्स में टू शेयर टुडे एंड टुमारो आल्सो सो आई बी शेयरिंग टुमारो एज़ वेल सो जस्ट थिंक अबाउट इट थैंक गॉड नो ही डजंट वेट टिल वी रीच जेरिको व्हाई हुएवर रिकंस्ट्रक्ट्स जेरिको विल पे विद हिज फर्स्ट बॉर्न एंड सेकंड बॉर्न before you read Jericho, he meets you. Thank God. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Solution, kal. Problem ko, thoda, analyze karo. Analyze the problem. Think about what happens when we leave the presence of God. So only one exhortation for us. Don't leave Jerusalem, please. Don't leave, don't leave, don't leave, Nana. Don't leave Jerusalem. Don't become a Shimei and run. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Father, for this day. Thank you, Father, for speaking to our hearts. We believe that you would continue to speak to our hearts in the days to come. Fill us with your spirit even as we receive your word by faith. And lead us into the way of everlasting life. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.